It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Wednesday, June 29th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is a little frightened by some of the questions you have asked us today, but they're good ones. So we'll get to those answers coming up on today's show. There's some haymakers for sure. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. That's how you can ask us mailbag questions like we are answering today. On today's show, we're going to give a little bit of Flyers news, talk a little bit about the draft, especially Bob McKenzie's rankings that came out yesterday, and then we will get to your mailbag questions. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So we have a little bit of news about the Flyers schedule going into next season, or at least the preseason. That is Mm -hmm. some of the teams are starting to release their preseason schedules. So we do know because of the Boston Bruins that uh, we have two games against them this preseason, September 24th in Philly and October 1st in Boston. I have a lot of Bruins friends. I hope some of them travel. It's nice when they do and I get to see them. I love the Bruins media for a lot of different reasons. Actually, sometimes they can make the uh, the Flyers media look tame and not as crazy. So I like them for that reason. Too. Right. Yeah, I am very interested to see what the Bruins are cooking in their offseason. So to see what their roster will look like in the preseason should be interesting. To I can give you least. one update. The one update I can give you as far as their coaching search is that um, David Quinn's making great strides there. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. All right. Uh, The other bit of news, the Flyers will be having a pre-draft press conference today with Chuck Fletcher and Brent Flair. Uh, I think that for me, the biggest question is, and of course, they're going to be shady about it because they have to be, but how likely are they to trade that pick um, or trade down in the draft? What's interesting this is the only like press conference I won't attend and it's not out of snootiness. It's just, I live in this world and I talk to enough people and hear enough things that I actually don't want to know what the team is up to. Cause I don't believe half of it anyhow. <laughs> so I don't want to actually report on it or write about it. I'll, I'll wait and then see, but I get it. People need content and you should go and, and fill out the columns and they're going to give that. I just don't have to be one of them. Well, that is fair. You are allowed to uh, do what you wish in these circumstances. I just enjoy, I think, the the dance of it in terms yes. of, you know, people trying to ask specific questions like that, because I honestly think it's a good question, especially in terms of trading down, because we've talked a lot on this show about trading down in the draft and what it would take and some potential picks that are kind of in the eight to 12 range. 
of the rankings that could be really good picks and what could they get back for it? Could they get into the second round? I mean, they're all important things. No, those are important things. I, I've seen some things that I think are unrealistic, like um, maybe a hope that Matt Savoy is going to be there around 15. If you trade down, I don't think he's going to be there at 15. So as an example, if that's what you're hoping for, don't hope that I'm just trying to tell fans realistically, like even, because I hear rumors of teams that want to move up in the draft with if they have multiple picks to get like into the middle of the draft, like in that spot, right. in that 15 spot. And, you know, that's going to cost like a first and a second. But that's just to go from like, you know, let's just say it's 25 to 15. Mm-hmm. So if you move down 10 spots, like let's say the Flyers got what they wanted. I don't know if they would even get a second. But let's say they did. Let's say they got a late second. I wouldn't expect Matt Savoy to be there. Oh, no, for sure. Especially about Matt Savoy, especially. But, you know, I do think that additional picks, especially in the second round, if they could get whatever that team's like late first round pick plus a second round pick. Yeah, it's something for them to consider and certainly something that at least somebody should ask him. Right. No, somebody will. And and I think. I think Chuck will consider it. It just, what's interesting is even, even some things I'm seeing in articles such as, you know, like maybe a certain player uh, will be ready in like a year uh, for, you know, to play in the NHL. Um, I would just caution Flyers fans. Anybody you get in this spot, you don't want to rush them. There is no reason to rush them. Uh, They're going to have a hard enough time when, you know, they have to be, completely defensively responsible with torts, even if Slakovsky slipped to fifth, which he won't, but even if he no. did, he's defensively deficient. Do you really want to put him in the NHL right away with torts or do you want to let him sort of get used to North American hockey first? Like that's where, you know, as a fan, you have to want the best development cycle for a player and you don't want that player. I wouldn't want any player uh, other than, you know, maybe like two or three in this entire draft to hit the NHL this year at all. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because, and I think especially with Slavkovsky, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure for whoever picks him to put him in the NHL right away. Yep. And I agree with you that he's not ready. He needs right. a little bit of AHL time. He needs to adjust to the North American game. And I, you know, I think that it, it's a really important thing that whoever picks him be patient in that way. And they're going to be under the gun to to get him out there right away. Yeah, even even at five, you're still going to get a guy that's going to be at best two years away, three years away, and more likely four years away. Like that's, you know, more of the average. I don't think that's something that uh, Flyers fans are going to generally enjoy hearing, but I, I, I think we understand that it's maybe a two to three year process with some of these guys. I think waiting four years might be a little well, but much let's just, to take. Let's just say it's a college player. Right. And even if it's a really good college player, how how many of them actually leave after the first year? It's not the NBA. Most of them stay no. the two years. Yeah, that is and, absolutely true. And some of them stay longer. And if they're in a top flight program yeah. and say they're like this close to winning the Frozen Four, they're going to stay that extra year to try and win yes. it. They do. That's, you know, the camaraderie is such that that's what they tend to do. So, yep. yeah, I am, I am interested to see what song and dance Chuck and 
Brent give us mm-hmm. today and what we can infer from it, if anything. So we will definitely keep an eye on that. I do want to talk about Bob McKenzie's rankings uh, <laughs> because he in a I don't know if it was like a fever dream or just purely clickbait purposes puts Yuri at number one in his rankings. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on that? Well, he is Bobby Margarita, so we could start there. <laughs> uh, True. My initial thoughts are: this isn't Bob McKenzie. This is an amalgamation of what scouts he speaks to, and I think he said five out of ten or something had him ranked first. I mm-hmm. I do believe there's teams out there that would take Slikovsky first, but those teams aren't picking first. And I do believe there's scouts out there that believe Slikovsky is the best. And again, those teams aren't picking first. So what does it really mean? It's the same as any other list. It's like, okay, uh, but it's not the gospel because even what the scouts think isn't the gospel. Again, it's going to be up like, it's going to be up to Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon to decide. And in, in my thinking, if you're getting Slikovsky and A, if you're drafted him first and he's not a center, then he better be the best power forward in this draft and best player in this draft. And that's not a guarantee, I don't think. And no. then and then after that, if he's a guy that comes in and does take the normal cycle for like a power forward to sort of progress, like, you know, look at Kirby Doc. He's been playing all along, but it's a slow progression for him. Then they're going to be the heat. It's going to be tremendous heat for them where if someone like Wright comes in, and he plays well at center, which is a tougher position. And maybe he's not putting up huge points for the first couple of years like Jack Hughes. You'll put up with it because you know you've gotten a center and your one-two punch down the middle of Suzuki and Wright is a big deal for the future. Because yes. they're a team that's willing to wait. So I think you have to balance that out if you're Montreal. And, and, and Hughes and Gordon have to get this right because in two years – if it looks like it's going sideways, their fans are going to be on them. Like, what did they do here? We had the first pick, and we don't even know if they, they got close to the best player in the draft. So I think they do need a safe pick, and I do think Shane Wright is a really good and safe pick. And I think the fact that Shane Wright has just been under the microscope for so long has just, you know, people have gotten bored with him. But everything you look at him in a hockey player is what you want. Exactly. Uh, in sort of the Flyers range, he's got Cutter Gautier in the five spot and David Juracek, our mock draft pick, in the sixth slot. And honestly, it could go either way, depending on if they want a forward or a defenseman for the Flyers. But as far as this ranking, I don't know if I want to argue with it too much, but in my eyes, he's a little bit lower, maybe seven or eight. Yeah, I mean, I have him ranked 12 or 13 for a reason because there are some deficiencies in his game. I don't believe he'll be a full-time center in the NHL. I know he's going to try and play center next year, but again, uh, I looked up his face-offs on Instat, and they were 46%, so he's got a lot of work to do at face-offs because it only gets harder when you go up. Like, it should be higher, that percentage, where he's at now, uh, knowing that, like, because even you see it. When guys come up and they play center – especially really good young players like even uh, Connor McDavid. I think I looked and he's probably at like 45%, but it's Connor McDavid. He's putting up a hundred points. Right. So who cares? Exactly. But, so who I mean, cares? but it's a, but it's a tough yeah, position. Yeah. And so no, I get it. I and, get it. And the thing is with Gauthier is I wouldn't want to be the flyers and say, yes, we believe he's a center, 
So we're going to take him in this spot. I think it's the worst possible scenario for the Flyers because I can only tell you two guys that have done that successfully, and that's Tage Thompson. And how long did it take to figure that one out for Tage Thompson? There's no way Flyers fan base wouldn't have called him a bust after a while, right? And and then the second one is Pierre-Luc Dubois, who after he was done being a center in Columbus, went to Winnipeg and said, I don't want to play center anymore. That's the the thing. You may get this guy and say, we think you could play center, and he may do it, and he may not like it either. And so, you know, that's a whole other discussion for another day. So I would rather have Juracek simply because he knows what he is, we know what he is, and now you could just focus on that instead of adding now something else into the development cycle that you hope is going to happen. Now, a fallback for Gauthier is, sure, he, he's a winger, and that's fine. Uh, but the, if I'm comparing with him and, and, and Juracek, Juracek could have a much more Im- bigger impact on a game on a daily daily basis than Gauthier can. It, even if Gauthier is, let's say, even if Gauthier is playing center, Juracek's going to be out there for more minutes. He might... He might get more points. I don't think so. Gauthier will definitely get more goals. Um, but that's something where I would rather have the defenseman that's going to control half the game for me, and I don't have to worry about his side of the ice. Rather than Gauthier, who's going to score some great goals, and he will hit some guys, and he'll and he'll set up some guys, but I don't think he's more than a 60-point guy. I think that's right around where he is, 65 points. So I'm going to take the defenseman. I I have to agree with you there. But uh, we will be getting to your mailbag questions coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league review, and news, including Major League Baseball and all all the info leading up to next year's NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, bet online, where the game starts. All right, we have some good questions that you guys sent us. So let's dive right in. Uh, Andrew Fawcett asks us on YouTube, how big a mistake would it be for the Flyers to let Morgan Frost go? I think big. I think really big because they've put all of this development time into the player. They did start to see results even under Mike Yo. Uh, late last year, he was he was back checking. He was winning faceoffs. His actually his faceoff percentage was pretty good at the end of the season. So he's proven that he could play the center position. It's just a matter of where you're going to play him. So I guess it would be third line center would be ideal. And you're just waiting for the points to happen. And I think the points will happen. But I don't know if John Tortorella thinks that. I don't know if Chuck Fletcher thinks that. I would have had him signed already. Even if you can wait until the week after the draft, why would you? So it right. does make me worry that he's going to possibly get tossed in some trades and stuff and then maybe be a sign and trade kind of guy. But if it's me, I'm keeping Morgan Frost. 
Yeah, I think so too. And the sign and trade thing seems very, very possible just so that perhaps the Flyers would have to pay out a signing bonus and then they can send him elsewhere where the other team doesn't have to spend that money. So uh, it just seems like they haven't been vocally supportive enough of him to fully expect him to be around. Hopefully we're we're wrong. Yes. But I, I think that it's very possible. I think fans are worried about it or we wouldn't get mm-hmm. the question. Exactly. All right. Next question. What is the percentage chance of a Flyers draft day trade to add assets? Which current players could be involved? And um, this is from at W Browdy on Twitter and also includes JVR and Provy on the question. Right. So I don't think even in a trade, um, anybody wants the JVR salary. So I, I don't think JVR is an option. I'd be a little worried about giving up Provorov when I don't know what's happening with Ryan Ellis. I can't trade Provorov not knowing that because then all of a sudden it's like, what's my top pairing? I don't even right. have a top pairing anymore. Uh, and that's okay. Torts could play a team with like, you know, two second pairings. He's done it before, but I don't know if fans cross wanna... your fingers and yeah, put it out exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if fans want to see that. I think there's a 30% chance that that they make a trade. I think someone like Konechny would be good draft day bait. Uh, and the team you might bait them with is Ottawa because they have a lot of picks. I mean, I think that's where I would focus my attention if everybody in the room decided, hey, it's best if Travis gets his change of scenery because he could still be that player, but I don't know if he could be that player here. It's like everybody, you know, talks about Shane Gosses because he had this really good year with no pressure in Arizona, but that's the whole thing. It's no pressure in Arizona. You know, Travis connected, he can go play somewhere and if they don't have to worry about playing defense and all he has to do is just go out there and try and score points, he's going to have a better year, but that's not a reality in Philadelphia. And it's not going to be a reality under John Tortorella either. That's absolutely true. And so I, I think that JVR salary is too high really to be involved in like a, a draft day kind yeah. of blockbuster trade. I think, I mean, more power to him if he can get it done and not get, you know, hammered. But it's been two years. They've been trying to trade him for two yeah. years. I, I just, it's going to be real tough, but uh, I mean, who knows what Chuck Fletcher has brewing on this front. But if there's a trade, it's going to be a trade to get into the second round or trading that five pick down to gain some assets. It's not going to really involve players per se. Right. All right. Next question. At what point do we put the bulk of the status of the team on Chuck Fletcher versus Ron Hextall? Well, I think right now the bulk has shifted or should have shifted to Chuck Fletcher because, again, Ron Hextall did the picks. He wasn't around long enough to see these kids being developed. So that was on the Fletcher regime to develop them. And they developed some and others didn't develop. And still, there's probably, if we counted up the players, including Fedotov, by the way, uh, quite a few that that Hextall drafted that are Mm -hmm. going to play roles on this team either now or in the future. So for all the people that want to kill Hextall over, you know, Nolan Patrick, and if you do go read my article of why your team didn't draft Kale McCarr, because I gave you some concrete answers as to why, uh, I would just say this. Chuck Fletcher's had the time to develop these guys and come up with a plan to develop them or trade them out if you didn't believe on them. So right now it's all on him. 
Yeah, I think so, too. Your point about the development side of things is what I was going to talk about in that, you know, you take what you have. And if you can put together a system that develop these players appropriately, you're going to have some success and have more hits than misses, hopefully. And, you know, he's had last season, he made a whole bunch of deals. And if there was any of the prospects that he was like, nah, I'm not interested in that guy could have used them as assets in any of those deals and did not. So I think that right now it's it's already more on Chuck Fletcher and certainly after this draft and and free agency, it's definitely on Chuck Fletcher. All right, next question. Uh, We sort of answered this in the first segment, but we'll just like put a nail on it. Uh, If the draft falls like the mock draft and Savoy is still sitting there by the time the playoff teams are up, do we trade someone to hop in there to pick him? Probably not, because I just don't think the Flyers have the assets to do it, unless you're trading one of your 2023 seconds, which I don't think could garner that. Um, If you're able to trade like a 2023 second and another prospect in your system, such as Isaac Ratcliffe or something, maybe, but probably not. All right. uh, One more question this segment. Uh, I think this is a really good one. Do the Flyers go after Ryan Warsawski, who's the head coach of the Chicago Wolves, who just won the AHL Cup as an assistant, and could they get him? Yeah, I think they could get him because money talks. I think they should because I think he's terrific. Uh, And I think um, David's his brother. I think that's who who played in the league. They're all highly intelligent. I remember... Wondering at one point, how is David Warsawski staying in hockey? And it's because he was smart. But Ryan had a great year. They won a championship. And yes, I want one of those bright, young, talented guys on that bench. Absolutely. Will Torts mm-hmm. want that? Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, I certainly think they should go after him. And I think he would be a great addition to the coaching staff and give him an opportunity to move up to the NHL level. And working under torts, I think, would be a really good opportunity for him as well. So it's, I think it's something that would be attractive. All right. We will be answering more of your questions on some of the other teams around the league, on the NHL in general, and maybe one on Claude Giroux that is going to hurt me deeply. We will do that coming up next. All right, so we're going to get this one out of the way. (laughs) Our next question, where were Claude Giroux signed next year? And, you know, honestly, I could not tell you. It's just, he's such a mystery to me at this point because I think he really did like it in Florida. It seemed like, you know, he felt comfortable there and he really liked his teammates um, but it was kind of a bitter ending as far as the playoffs went. And they did really didn't perform. And there's some questions with that team, especially getting, you know, a new coach in and I, and, you know, what is management doing right now? And so I think that there could be some questions there for him. But then again, he could really like it and decide he likes being in the warm weather and his family likes being in the warm weather and no income tax in Florida. Let's go. So uh, I think it's still a question mark, though. I think it's a more of a question mark than a known, but I, I do feel like he liked it there. I sensed that uh, he also liked not having to be the guy. He was like the third or fourth mm-hmm. guy. 
and he could kind of like focus more on his game and not have to always, um, you know, talk to the media or share his thoughts because he doesn't always want to do that. But as captain, he did. And I appreciate him for that. Uh, certainly he loves it in Ottawa, but I just don't feel like he's at that point in his career when he's going to want to just kind of sign off with Ottawa and hope for the best. So I do think because of the weather, because of everything else, he seemed to really enjoy living in Florida. And I know Zito got him with the intention of trying to extend him that I really do feel like he's going to extend there. Bitter endings. Look, he's used to that at this point. Like I just, but, right. I, but remember Colorado had a real bitter ending a couple of years ago too. And you know, that's where Nathan McKinnon said he hadn't accomplished, you know, and you know the word, and it starts with an S. So, you know, that happens. But you have to admit, Florida's close. And having Giroux for a full season could have a big, better impact. So I think uh, it's going to be Florida. That's probably the best guess, but could be anything, I guess. Could be. All right. Well, what team other than the Flyers is most likely to make big moves at the draft or in free agency this offseason? Well, Canadians. The Canadians are the home team. So they're they're going yeah. to do something. Uh, wouldn't shock me if they um, couple some of their picks and maybe do something with that. So I think the Canadians will do something. I think Ottawa is ready to sort of either trade out of their top pick or something else to get uh, a roster player and and do that. So I think that could happen. I, I do expect two or three draft day trades. Whether Gary Bettman holds them or not is another story because sometimes he will hold them. Let's hope he's okay in time, right, for the draft because I want to hear the sure. booze. I want to hear the booze again. It's not as fun if Bill Daly gets up there and there are no booze until Gary Bettman's name gets mentioned and then there's booze. It's not as much fun. No offense, Bill Daly, but you got to work on building the heat. So I want all of that. I want it to. I, I want it to to be a couple of trades, but I I still feel like um, there will be a few teams like Montreal, like Ottawa, um, you know, the Kings also. I think could be a key, a team now that could do something because again, I think they're feeling like they're much closer now than they were, you know, a few years ago. So I, I would look for the Kings too to do something. Yeah, I think the only team that I would add to that list is maybe the Detroit Red Wings. Mm -hmm. I think that they're ready to kind of take that next step forward. And I think they have some cap space to work with. So um, I would not be surprised to see them pretty active over this off season as well. Um, I think uh, we've got time for a couple more questions. So the next one is, do you think the NHL should expand ever again, and will it? Well, do I think they should? No. Will it? Of course they will, because the owners all get a piece of that, and they're all going to want that, including Seattle ownership, who had to pay that expansion fee. They would like to be able to collect it back. So, of course, it's going to expand at some point. Yeah, I really do not want it to expand either. I think that just wanting to maintain a certain level of talent and the complexity of the schedule and making playoffs having to be longer than it already is, I think is too much for me, but the money will probably be, you know, uh, tasty, a carrot for them. But, to but it's a long that. ways down. I mean, there's still some yes. franchises that have to get settled out. So I, I really do think we're talking two to five years down the line. Sure. Before they even like talk about it. Yes. Let alone, you know, Act have any it. Yeah. expansion. Yeah. 
All right. Last question. What would you do on a day with the Stanley Cup? All right. So what I would do is I would get the cup and I would go to the um, Toronto Hospital for Sick Children. I spent a long time there once as a kid. They helped me out of a tough situation. I wasn't able to walk when I walked in there. I was able to walk when I came out. So I've already you know, done one or two things with them. And I would do that and I'll bring it to the sick ward and let every kid get a picture, talk to, you know, touch the cup, see the cup, ask questions about the cup. It would be amazing. It would have been great had I been able to experience that when I was there. Um, so I would want them to experience it. That is really sweet. Now I feel kind of dumb with my <laughs> no, Don't feel dumb. This is just something that's inside of me. That's all built inside of me. Yeah, I think like I would want to be pretty chill about it, but I would want to take it back to Utah where I learned how to play hockey and just share that kind of with the people that I used to play with on my women's team there. That's great. I, I just think that, you know, that is kind of like my hockey origin story. And so I would want to bring it to that. Yeah, I don't even know if the Stanley Cup's ever been to Utah. Like I haven't it seen has. it. I it has. I have a picture of myself with Oh, from the Kings, uh, Trevor Lewis. Trevor Lewis? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. I have, I have a picture of me and the cup and Trevor Lewis. That's awesome. So, yeah, he's from Salt Lake. Okay. So, yeah, that was he's a good day. He's the guy. Yeah. Yep. All right. That'll do it for today's show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with some more draft talk and prospect profiles. We will be talking specifically about Jager Fierkes, so that should be a good one. Easy for you and, to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, it's a good name. It's a good hockey name. It is. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you want your question answered on our weekly mailbag, send them in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers or email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at our Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.